When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today we had a chance to sit down with Jordan Belfort, aka The Wolf of Wall Street. For those that haven't read his book or seen the movie, Jordan was an insanely wealthy stockbroker and CEO from the late 80s to the late 90s. During that time, he basically started partying like a rock star, including an absurd amount of drug use and extramarital sex. Not everything Jordan did to make money was legal, and so in 1999, he went to prison for money laundering and securities fraud. Since getting out of prison, Jordan has turned himself into a successful motivational speaker, sales trainer, and business consultant. Now that you have some context, here's our conversation with Jordan Belfort. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. We uh, have had a chance to talk a little bit before the cameras got rolling. And the first thing that I noticed about you is insane levels of confidence and conviction. And so the question I want to ask is, I saw you talk to Brian Rose on London Real mm. about how you were insecure as a I love a child. Brian Rose, by the way. It was a great conversation. Yeah. And it was interesting because you had talked about how your pursuit of money and power came from a desire to quell those insecurities. Mm. And then it turns out that didn't work. So then the drugs come in, also not the most effective. I'm curious, what did work? What did help, if anything, get rid of those child insecurities? Sure. I think everybody battles with that to mm. some degree. Yeah. Um... There are two types of people, those that are battling, those that are denial about battling. I never yeah, yeah. Right. No, exactly. I guess, That's why. We, I guess there's some kids, I was the football captain since those, and those are very rare. You'd be surprised. I think they're just as insecure. Just as insecure yeah. too, right? Um, so one thing I would say is that, you know, apparently confident, apparently certain. So, you know, again, I think part of, of what I'm able to do naturally and I've trained myself over the years is that, I can sound absolutely certain and appear to be absolutely confident, even if I have some fear inside or I'm not quite as confident as I seem. Now, I wouldn't, in my own personal life, it's very different. I would never try to act confident if I wasn't confident to my family members and my friends. So the, the, the face I put on my friends and my family is one thing. Mm. When it comes to the business world and in people I don't know, and obviously, you know, like everyone else, I'm out there putting my best face on. Sure. And hopefully over the years, I think at this point in my life, I have become more confident and more secure just by my own good works and success. I think the biggest thing for me was that when I made all this money at a young age, as I said on Brian Rose, I thought that it would fill some hole in me. Like, yeah. it, you know, I felt like, you know, I, I, I went into adulthood with a lot of insecurities. Um, and, and it was weird because like my outward, when I ended up becoming, I was a late bloomer as a kid, right? Mm. So like I look in the mirror and everyone could see 
you know, a handsome or good looking person that seems to have it all together, but you're still that little boy inside, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I have the same thing. Yeah, it's it's very common, as you yeah. said. I think most people feel like that, right? And you see the most beautiful women that like you know they're like they don't feel it inside, no, it's right? Funny. I was five two when I started mm. high school, and yeah. people now are like, "Oh yeah, you must have yeah. just had it all." And I was like, "No, man, I yeah. was getting so beat exactly, up. Right? I was I was one hundred twenty pounds." So I think for me, what happened was is this comeback from you know from losing everything. Mm-hmm. And then actually starting and rebuilding myself from scratch has given me an inner fortitude and self-confidence. And also I help so many people with my stuff. Like I teach stuff that really works, that's really effective. And I can't tell you how many emails I get every day mm. and every messages I get from people saying, you changed my life, you changed my life. I can't walk down the street. My girlfriend tells me, I cannot walk down the street in public without someone coming up to me within a minute you changed my life. Wow. Thank you. That, that did something to me. Really, that was like, wow. Like, I'm like, you know, I, it gave me a sort of inner confidence that I really feel great about what I do. And I think ultimately, you know, you're always going to be part of that little boy. that had the, But, you know, again, after a while, as you start to grow up and you start to experience life, you say, you know what? No one's perfect. Everyone's got the same shit, so to speak, right? Sure. And you learn to say, I want a few good friends in this world that I really care about, mm. someone that I love, my children. It, 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 life takes on, I don't mean to be like go boo or something. No, this is but, a question but, that I want to hear about. No, but like, you know, but life starts to take on a bit of a different meaning as you get a bit older. Sure. Like I'm like, I, it's like, you know, I'm like, I'm okay. Yep. You know, my friends love me. I help people and I'm doing a good, I'm doing good things, good works. I think there's a lot in good works. Yeah. So I think during the Wolf of Wall Street days, for anyone who doesn't know, you have to watch the Wolf of Wall Street for any context of this. But <laughs> you, know number, you, were, you know, it's like number 10 in the world right now on iTunes again. I oh, really? I, I just watched it. Maybe I helped. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, for people who don't know, incredibly financially successful, more women than you probably could keep track of. Um, what... Do you prioritize today? Because I think back then it was probably wealth, power, women, mm. and ultimately, correct me if I'm wrong, not the most fulfilling life. Right. Didn't help with the insecurities. What today would you say is your top tier? Where you're like, I'm trying to get this right, and it's helped me either feel fulfilled or helped with my insecurities, whatever it might be. Sure. So I think there's this different. I think that um, human beings are a bit more complex than that. That I I can chase after success. And I have fun. Like, it's fun to me. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's a game to me. I enjoy it. I enjoy overcoming problems, figuring stuff out, and building a business. That's, like, really cool and fun to me. Sure. But I don't identify. I, I'm over, I've already, I guess, and for me, it's like, to be honest, I've already arrived. Like, everyone knows me. It's like, like I don't have to prove anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I think people, I prove myself that I don't look at that. So any hard work and pursuit of money is just because I love it. I enjoy the game and and I enjoy building value and delivering value to people and being right. So that's just cool. Yeah. But then there's the other side that's just about like family and like, honestly, I, I love staying home watching TV. And, you know, I, next week is Thanksgiving. My family's going to be here and my kids together. And like, that's like, wow. I mean, like just, it's great. So, yeah. and I, I think that one of the things that everyone should really focus on is, you know, where are you in your own life's journey? I wouldn't be saying this if I was 30. Yeah. Like if I was 30, I'd be saying, oh, I'm gonna do this or that. I have a whole, I'm not saying my life's behind me, but I've come to a, a place of peace. Like sure. I've accomplished stuff. I know where, where, where like my strengths are, my weaknesses are, and I'm making the best of it every single day. And I think if you live a good, honest life, and I didn't when I was young, and I live a good, honest life today, and I help everyone I touch, every person that runs into me 
they are going to be better off for the contact. Mm. That's my goal when I go out into the business world yeah. and in the person, my personal life. And um, it's a great way to live. You yeah, know? and it's fair to say that was not the case pre-arrest. No. Yeah, so that, it was, so it, was, that it, was, it was literally how much money yeah. can I make? Like, I wasn't like, trying to hurt people. Like, it was the overriding question I asked myself when I was 30 years old, 27, 26, 32, all those years. <laughs> sure. How do I make more money? Mm-hmm. How do I build? How do I grow? How do I get richer? How do I make more? Yeah. Okay, well, you know, this, your brain's going to give you some really good answers to that that could help people, sure. but also some really bad answers. Yeah. The questions I ask myself today is, how do I deliver more value? Got it. You let the money how do be I a reach consequence. More, yeah, exactly. How do yeah. I reach more people? How do I help? More? Listen, I know, and you guys know, you have a, a YouTube channel that has millions and millions of followers, right? Mm-hmm. And you probably make a little money off that, but, but whatever. Yeah. But it's not that. It's just, in other words, you just, it's about... Late, you're, you're helping people with them with courses. It opens up courses where you yeah. make money, I'm sure, and do really well, yep. but you're delivering massive value to people. Yeah, absolutely. It's a consequence of delivering massive value. Yeah. And it's a very, and it's not, it's not like, like people say, oh, you don't really, no, I really mean that. Yeah. It's like a very slight switch in perspective. Like, do you focus on making money or do you focus on delivering value? Because the purpose of business, a business, is to monetize value. Yeah. That's what a good business is. It monetizes value. So if you just focus on creating value, you'll figure out how to monetize. That's easy. Sure. Yeah, I, I, so I want to go in a slightly different direction because I heard you talk sure. about family. I love talking to guys older than myself, but part of the problem is that so many of them have followed a very traditional path, which is when they were 25, they met their wife, they married her, they have kids. And when I speak to them, they always speak about their kids and sometimes their wife if they're still married. That's the best thing that ever happened to them. (laughs) Not always with the wife. One of the reasons I like, I'm excited to ask this question to you is because you went the other way for a long time. You were, you had a lot of women, you were hooking up, you were doing your thing. Uh, I've had not phases drug fueled like that, but I've, you know, been the single guy. I did my best dating after I was married. Okay, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> exactly. So I'm curious and I want, I want the truth from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- what was that a not fulfilling at the time to be dating a lot of people? Is it more fulfilling for you to have just one person? I know you're in a relationship now and this is a tough question to ask on camera, but where do your kids fit into your life in terms of like best thing I ever did or like, Nice to have, you know. We're also not live, so if you want to answer off the record, I'd love to know it, but you, we I'll can let's cut you anything. on the record. No, I don't okay. know. Okay, kids, best thing in the world that ever happened is my children. I'm very fortunate. I have, um, I really have three amazing kids, mm-hmm. um, and you know, each one is greater than the next. They're all amazing. Can, all can I ask a question about sure. that? When did you know? Because some of the guys that I speak to are like, you know, I didn't know until they were six when they were always infants. okay. Always. I never, I, I, there's one thing that my parents instilled in me just by, by being who they were was I always felt loved. Yeah. Always. My father had his problems and his angers and his outbursts. My mother, had, I always knew I was loved unconditionally. Never for a second in my, I can't think of one second in my life where I didn't know my parents loved me and would kill for me. I was able to take that from my parents and transfer that 
same thought to all my kids. They know that. They always do that. And I always, no matter how, and I got sober before my kids were old enough to know about all the drug stuff. So I got sober when my daughter was two, mm. three, three. So she barely remembers the incident in the yeah. car mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, my daughter and I were like, we were like this growing up. My son and I, my, my son, boys are like kind of mama's boys when they're sure. young. And then he yeah, grew yeah, up yeah. with now is super close as well. I have a third son who's like, a, who's a stepson. Um, and him and I are super close as well. So yeah, my kids like, best thing and I think that people aren't lying unless they're I don't mean I I believe them these are private conversations it's just like you know they are amazing and um, but I think also like you don't want to get too wrapped up like they I also like they also have their own lives. Like, no, their sure. lives are not based on me. They're independent. They're free thinkers. They do what they want, but they were amazing. Going back to the question about my wives and all that sort of stuff. So here's the, the thing. Um, you know, back in the day, I mean, I, what happened was, and this, in, in the context of like, you know, all the insecurities and, and stuff like that, what I realized when I turned 21, mm. to even before I made money, was like, whoa, girls actually like me a lot. Like right, right as I graduated from college and really started going out there and becoming a business person and coming into myself, I started saying, wow, it kind of seems pretty easy to get really beautiful women to like me. And I didn't feel that way in junior high school. And, and right, and then I met a great one. My first wife was amazing and beautiful. And we got married and then Stratton hit. Right. Then Stratton happened. And what happened was, is I started making so much money and had so much power and a different world opened up to me. A world of just basically where you point and want and you can get, Mm -hmm. right? And I wasn't able to handle that because I had those insecurities still. And all of a sudden I realized I could have, not any girl, but you know, pretty much, you know, any single, not any, but many, many, you know, whatever. There was nothing that was out of, there was nothing out of reach to me. Let's say if I look at the the girl in the, in the, in the, uh, on the TV commercial, the girl in the magazine, that could be my girlfriend as much as anyone else. Right. There was nothing out of reach. And I was like a kid in a candy store. I was I, I literally couldn't handle that, and I wanted to partake in every single sweet in the candy store, and I did. Mm-hmm. All right, fueled also by drugs, and a lot of my friends we were all in it together, like just wild and young, and sure. it was fun. Mm-hmm. I won't deny that it was fun, and it was you know some great times there, mm-hmm. right? Um, but in terms of now, like I'm, I'm almost like my, my last relationship before this one was a woman for twelve years. I never cheated on her once mm-hmm. in twelve years. So it's not how I am today. Yeah. It's not. It's not my nature anymore. Um, and I and I think also I'm having a little time at this point. <laughs> yeah, like I, one's enough. I was gonna say, yeah, do you think that's lessons learned or just age, testosterone, like? Well, no, I take testosterone. <laughs> so he's got like, It's not that. Well, every guy over 40, I think pretty much most guys over 40 take testosterone. I'm not embarrassed. Everyone does because your sure. levels drop, right? Um, I don't take. I don't take excessive testosterone. I take enough to replace what you normally would have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that I started, what I, what I realize now, I would never want to hurt the person I'm with. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hurtful. You damage someone. If you don't have a woman and she loves me, but together, if I cheated on her, I could break her heart. Mm-hmm. It just would break her heart. Yeah, yeah. It's not fair. Like, it's not fair to someone else that you love and you're in a relationship with. So, at this point, I'm able to, re- like, I mean, I can still look, but I really, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to hurt someone that badly. I would just get out of the relationship. And if I fell in love with someone else like that, I would, I would do that before I would really have an active affair. And you've also chosen, it sounds like, because what you could do ethically is be single, date a lot of different women. But for you, it seems like there's 
value beyond the, I, the escapades. I much more enjoy being in a relationship with one woman than mm-hmm. going around and dating. Mm-hmm. I what really do, you, do. What do you enjoy about it? Um, you know, I, I enjoy the ability to stay home in our own little cocoon we have here and just enjoy like as, as, as two people together and just enjoy, whether it's watching TV, eating food, just sitting in front of a fire, going into the hot, just having another person you really connect with and, and you love. To me, it just, as my, my personal opinion, it's a more complete way to live. I think human beings were meant to live that way. Mm-hmm. And at least I was, because I just feel happier, more at peace versus it's eight o'clock at night and I feel a compulsion to go out to a restaurant yeah. or bar to go meet someone. Mm-hmm. And, I, and to me, this is just a much... Uh, uh, for me, it's a better way of living. Much no, better. No, I can relate to that. I mean, what the going out p- presumes that there, you're missing something. Whatever you have inside of your cocoon, inside your home, is not enough. You need to go mm. find something in the world. Yeah. Versus the life that it sounds like you've set up is no. I've got everything that I need within arm's reach. You know, the people that I care about, the stuff that I love yeah. to do. Got it. Yeah. No, this is something that I consider because uh, I find myself getting older, and my when I was in my 20s, I don't know if it was like you, but I felt that I needed to be very different than everybody else. Like all the rules that people had made about relationships and work were all bullshit, and they'd <laughs> made it all up to try to control me, and I mm. needed to break out of it. And I guess as I get older, I am trying to re-examine some of those beliefs and be like, you know what? The way that people do things isn't completely arbitrary, and it's not just to control right. me. It's because there might be some... Earnings and merit and value in here. And so I'm sifting through. I'm not into the nine to five work life, but I don't, you know, learning about kids and relationships. And I will say, I hear every time, man, kids are the thing that everyone that I've ever spoken to says is their number one. Some of the greatest memories I have are from when my kids were in the ages of like seven to 13 when they were those soccer games in the weekends and having to and you complain and we gotta go again down to something <laughs> and then you loved it and yeah. you know and um so I, I i i love that 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 whole experience of just you know of on the weekends just watching your kids run and just really it was amazing I, i'm very lucky that i've i've had such amazing kids. I, I really am lucky, and not everyone does. Some kids are not. <laughs> some kids are not amazing. My kids truly are amazing. Every, every one of them. But I think also, you know, one of the things that I've learned over the years is that what feels good for the moment has rap. There's ramifications. Like in other words, momentary instant gratification. It doesn't occur in a vacuum. So. Yeah, I mean, you might want to go the gorgeous woman that you can go have sex with her and mm-hmm. whatever. But like, okay, and then like, what's the damage that that does to someone, to the relationship that you're in and all this other stuff that comes? I, I didn't consider those things when I was younger, you know, about the, the ramifications of my actions. So yeah. I pause now, you How, know? It sounds like uh, potentially there's like learned empathy here. Which is to say, when you were younger, it was, it's more, just more about like me. I want to feel good. I want to have sex with that woman. I'm going to do it without thinking about the happiness of maybe the woman and your wife and all that. Is that something you consciously worked on? Is that something that just came naturally as a result of the arrest and coming out and all that? Because I think my impression is that empathy is something that ultimately makes everyone's life richer, that a lot of people lack. But I've not heard a good playbook for how to build it. Mm. So I think that in my case... I'm back to the person my parents sent out into the world originally. I think that when I was doing what I was doing on Wall Street and going wild, that really wasn't the true me. That was 
me that got off in some wild trip, one foot in front of the other. And mm. I always believe I have to be the best of, or the most of whatever I do. And if I'm gonna be the most of womanizers, I'm gonna be a womanizer. I'm gonna be a, woman, yeah. be a world-class womanizer, True. right? Um, but I watched my parents, you know, and they stayed together till the day they, my dad died and, um, you know, old fashioned type. So I had that sort of basis for seeing that, what was mm. like, you know, their own version of a loving relationship. So it wasn't much of a stretch for me. Like when I married my first wife, I loved her. Like I loved her, every part of her. And I thought I would never leave her. I thought I would never cheat. And I remember um, the first time, like my junior partner at Stratton, Danny was like my devil in some ways. He was always like, he was a bit wilder, a few years older. And he's like, hey, let's go into the city like tonight. It's like Tuesday. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm not going, I'm married, Danny. I'm like, oh, come on, just once, you know? I'm not, all right, fine, one night, you know? Flash forward six months later, I'm going out four nights a week, wow. mm -hmm. you know, and banging waitresses and, yeah, yeah. and all the sort of stuff. And I think it's, and again, you know, what makes sense in your 20s doesn't really make sense in your 50s. So sure. I, I'm not judging anybody. I, I think you have to go through stuff. Sure. And, I, and I think that people shouldn't get married so early. I think yeah. I made a mistake. I got married too young. Um, Although I don't think and I think I don't think any marriage could have survived Stratton. It was just too crazy. What right? <laughs> happened yeah. there? It was you know. Were there were there people at Stratton that, that didn't fall into that life, or was it like, look, if you're in this fraternity, this is what we do. Doing together. drugs, you're hooking up with escorts. It's just a mandatory. Very few. There was a there was a couple. Got there was a few. So remember, there was a, it was a huge place. It was thousands of people there, right? So let's say of the thousand core brokers. Mm -hmm. Um, there was probably 50 that were the real core of like people that were top, top producers, like in the inner circle. And there was all these other people, right? Mm -hmm. Of those 50, I would say probably 45 of them wow. were going wild. And maybe five of them were more very much family people that were able to hold off that sure. whole thing and still be a strand. Yeah. So, I'm always, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I think we might have the same question, which is, so... I, I'm blown away, and I believe you when you say that, you know, my parents sent one version of me out into the world, and then I entered a different environment, and that had such sway over me, mm. and it sounded like that's true for 44 other people in that right. community. What was, what created that sort of a pull in Stratton? Was it the power? Was it the money? Was it the, the, the high fives at the end of the night? With, like, it's... Drugs, drugs and hot women are awesome. <laughs> so my, I, I'd be like, you know, I think, and they say that, you know, Scorsese glamorized drug use. No, drug use, it's glamorous. Like, it, in other words, like you, you're lying to yourself if you say, oh, going out and banging hot chicks and getting high and going wild. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So this is my question, because I think a lot of people, they when they see things, they feel superior to them until they're in the situation. So they look at, uh, you know, slave owners back in the, Day and they go, I would never do that. It's like, well, if I dropped you down there, unless you're doing something today you're that's wildly different. the culture in which you live. If you don't defy today's society, then you probably wouldn't have defied that one. And the Stratton society, to some degree, was this. So my question is, I guess, if I want to be one of those five, right, mm -hmm. who's not going to get, what was, what's the first thing that like starts the slippery slope? Is it is it the quaaludes? Is it just joining the firm? The quaaludes always starts the, the slippery slope. So, like, yeah, how Once you take I... the first loot, anything, any behavior will, will be acceptable. And how do you get these people who maybe didn't come in using hard drugs to, to be, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's the process to take someone from, I would never cheat on my wife, to, yeah, of course I'm gonna hack, hook up with escorts every single week. Like, what drags them there? You well, know what I'm saying? Well, number one, we cover what we see. So whatever's in front of you, it's like what's happening around you. You start to, you know, A, want it, and also 
it starts to seem normal. Mm -hmm. See what happens, and you brought this up, it's a very good point you brought up, is that within the four walls of the boardroom, what was abnormal behavior on the outside seemed perfectly normal. Right. I remember being so deluded at one point that my wife and I drove, my second wife now, the one from the movie, the blonde, we were driving in our car home in these huge mansions in Locust Valley and we're looking around, like everyone must do quaaludes, right? <laughs> and you couldn't be going through the world sober. Sure. Now the truth is most of them are wasps drinking scotch, you know, just sure. to, to go through life. But the point is, is that you actually start to convince yourself that everyone is doing what you're doing. So the most dangerous thing someone could do is come into the firm, see everyone else doing it and think, I'll work here for the money, but I won't do that. The th only way to really protect yourself from it is to see the drug use, the cheating, and go, if I don't want to do this, I should not be in these four walls. Is that fair? Well, I mean, it, that's the, certainly the, the safest way is to not even be around people. Yeah. Um, but imagine if, just let's imagine if the culture was revolting, but there was nothing illegal going on. Sure. So you have a family and you're broke and you see everyone's making two, three million bucks a year. No one's breaking the law, yep. but they're freaking wild. Yeah. What do you do? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you walk away or do you have an obligation to your family to make that money to secure their future? Can you be strong enough? It's not, it's a more complex equation than that. Sure. So take the illegality out of no, it for, sure. for a second, right? Let's just assume it was legal. So it's really just, am I strong enough? I would doubt any person would not take the job. They, almost anyone would take the job thinking they're strong enough, Yeah. right? And... You know, again, a lot of it had to do, there was many factors involved. Like, you know, who, who were the five? What, what made up that community? I could tell you about them, you know? I can picture them right now, who they were just vague, a few of them at least, right? One was they were not the typical alpha male type to start. They weren't particularly good looking. Um, they, you understand, they wouldn't, sure, they, yeah. were, they, they were not the sort that would be consorting with women for whatever reason like that. Uh, that would be one thing for sure. B, they were in very happy, secure relationships with people. They were in a great relationship and they didn't want, and they just were simply very happy and they were mature enough to uh, resist. Um, and then there were others that, you know, just simply were anti-drug. There were some people that just aren't, don't do drugs, right? Mm -hmm. So that was really in that a group of five people or so, maybe seven, whatever it is, right? But I think the big one is they, they, they walked into it so not that type. Mm. I think the problem is if you have those predispositions, like mm. it's like if you're, it's like almost like, you know, cancer. Well, what, how does cancer <laughs> form? Cancer forms, there's all these carcinogens around. Mm -hmm. We all get exposed. 
but only some people get cancer. So, you know, look at Stratton as being the carcinogen of all the insanity. Sure, sure. 90% will develop well, cancer. Well, 90% will develop cancer, but 10% are resistant because they just don't have the predisposition to cancer. So these people did not have the predisposition to corruption, sure, sure. moral corruption, right? And they yeah, didn't, yeah. you know? And also, by the way, you know, what's so bad about, if you're a single guy, yeah, yeah. what's so bad about banging a lot of girls and banging a few hookers and doing a few drugs? I'm being, seriously, what's so terrible about it if you're, because I'm saying take away the illegal behavior, like that no one's losing money. Yeah, yeah. If it was just like that you're partying and you're making money, all right, well, you're young, oh, I mean, come on, you know? I mean, people weren't doing that since the beginning of time. I'm not saying you should, you know, you have to be careful, you have a slippery slope to become a drug addict, sure, but it's yeah. not the end of the world. No, I, for the unmarried guy, I agree. And I actually think, weirdly enough, that if people go in eyes open with drugs, like let's say I, I'm super successful and I'm 30, I go, I'm going to do heroin every day and it'll kill me in two years, but I'm not going to hurt anyone with drunk driving. I won't make anyone else do drugs. I don't think I have an obligation to make it to 100. Spoken like so, a true libertarian. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think it's fine. My, my question is actually more for myself in the future, the people who are listening who might, maybe they're in that marriage, you know what I mean? And they find themselves in that tricky situation. And they don't want to compromise the relationship. But I, I agree with you. I think most people would if they went in thinking, I'll just bank on willpower. Mm. I'll just bank on willpower while I mm. see all my closest friends doing drugs. And I'll do a little drugs, but I'll, I won't cheat. And now you're, you're high, you're with all your closest friends, they're all okay. cheating. It's like your willpower alone won't, I right. think, get the job there's, done. There's two ways you can protect yourself in that situation. Number one is don't take the first step. You have to realize that there is yeah. no half pregnancy when it comes to ethics and behavior <laughs> yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Like once you start, it's just too, too seductive. That's number one. Number two is honesty. Be honest with your partner and tell them what's going on and they'll never let you go out. Like, like, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you don't say, oh yeah, they're all such nice, because that's what you would do. You say, sure. oh, they're such nice guys. No, everyone will you just lie. So if you want yeah. to have an honest relationship with your partner, then tell them, work it's like they're all freaking yeah. maniacs. Then she'll, then you can't say, honey, I'm going out with the boys tonight. She's like, I know what goes on. I'm not letting yeah, you do yeah. that. It's almost the same piece that's of great. advice twice because the first step, weirdly <laughs> enough, is the lie. The yeah. first step is, hey, these are nice guys that are, you know, they're all family men. And yeah. it's, if you had to tell the truth about it, you wouldn't get out the door. No, exactly. That's so you almost prevent. It's like you almost like put a layer of protection by letting your partner know <laughs> by demanding to, that you say yeah. the truth. That's great. Yeah. I I am uh, as I as I hear about this, it just occurs to me that uh, the level of judgmentalness that I have that other people have about things that people do is so inappropriate yeah. given given the malleability of people when mm. thrown into different environments. And you mentioned slave owners. I've often thought about what it would be like to be 16, 17 years old in Nazi Germany and they conscript you into the army. And I'm like, are you, you look like you could be a Nazi, by the way. Totally. <laughs> look at him. I'm just, you know, in case things go awry, we need yeah. a couple blonde Jews. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. Right. But I, I, what I take from it is, I guess what there's that phrase, I'm not a religious guy, but they're, but for the grace of God, there go I. Meaning, if, I, if I'd been in your shoes and I'd been 20 years old, I mean, is there a chance that I would have done on that? I don't think so. Like, am I in the 10%? I'm not convinced. Especially if you have that, that insecurity of wanting people to like you and wanting to be which popular. I, and all of a sudden, you, your bosses are older than you. They're good looking. The girls are good looking. No, I think, I mean, yeah, this, this is why I asked the it's question. Because I, I think people can separate themselves in their mind in a way that I think is inaccurate. And go, mm. oh, I would never do that. That's those people must have been monsters. And I go, well, if 90% of the firm is doing it, then there's a group think occurring. There's some sort of because I love the psychology. Something psychologically is occurring to turn average people into people well, on Quaaludes hooking but, up with that. Let me ask you a question though. Like I think the the problem with that, wait, what you're saying, I agree with what you're saying, but the problem with the way you said it is like, but in the boardroom, what's average? Yep. Average is crazy. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, so the idea is that when you're in a society where there's certain norms of that society, that serves as your barometer for what's yeah. right and wrong. That's, I think about this every time I walk past a homeless person yeah. and I go, what are they going to say in 200 years when they see that like, we got this beautiful thing yeah. within, uh, within a few steps of the most destitute that you've ever seen. And uh, I don't know what to make of it other than, I, I guess it, it does help me to be a bit less judgmental of people. And I don't even mean you in this particular well, case. No, I mean, I think, I think that's, a, that now you, that's a very different issue because you're talking about a homeless person and there's personal responsibility. If that person is personally responsible for their own situation and there might be things like mental illness involved, mm -hmm. you don't know. You, until you look at each individual, there's many reasons why people are homeless, right? Sure. Um, and, and again, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even presume to, to even say it's because of bad social policy until I spoke to that person and traced back their own decisions. Maybe they're just lazy drug addicts that like that need help and whatever they're just or just destined for a life of misery many people you know i, I think that this is a the fundamental disagreement with my daughter mm -hmm. okay well, i love the death row she's she's very liberal and i'm far more conservative mm -hmm. fiscally i'm liberal i'm socially i'm like you know obviously i'm very liberal socially because how can i not be right yeah. but you know fiscally i'm very conservative right i believe in 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 less government i believe in uh not you know, it needs to have some social safety net, but too much is no good. But here's the point, okay? With my daughter, she fundamentally believes that the quickest, most effective way to lift people out of poverty is through more socialistic and, mm -hmm. and, and, and give handouts and free this, free that. She believes that will work and elevate people. I believe that's a disaster. I believe that the quickest, most efficient way to elevate large people out of poverty is through capitalism mm -hmm. and the free markets, right? So, and, and, and we both love human beings. We're both great people. And the reason why we can get along so we want to have different political viewpoints is because we both want the same thing. We want people to be okay and people to be better. We don't want people hungry. I don't want to see people hungry on the street yeah. or homeless. I just fundamentally disagree that any policy that leans that way will help. I think it'll make it worse. That's my point. Well, I think what Charles is saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is before you do policy, you try to figure out what is it? Is it laziness? Is it who knows with these yeah. people? Everyone's different. I, so my my only thought is in the same way that if I at the exact age that you went to Stratton was dropped off with your parents and your childhood into that situation, I would it would have been the Wolf of Wall Street, you know. There you go. And if I took a homeless person and you dropped me with their brain, their chemical makeup into their household, however loving or abusive it was, I'd be on the street. So in that sense, now we can make policy saying it's not that this homeless person is bad for being homeless. It's that their circumstances, which is the brain they were born with, plus the childhood they had, plus the adulthood they had and the friends they had along the way has landed them here. Now, what is the policy? Is it socialism? Is it capitalism? That part, I think we can figure out after we agree, that would be all of us if we had their brain and their upbringing. You know what I mean? Because they would... That's just the definition of like how they ended up there. And so now you don't look down on them. You don't think they're less than. You just go, okay, well, this person's circumstances led them here. My circumstances were lucky enough to land me in this podcast studio talking to you. What do we want the world to look like? What do we want this guy to do about well, society? The question you know is, what I'm is it my responsibility to make sure that guy's okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, 
on one point, I don't know that person. I have nothing to do with that. I'm not obligated. For all I know, they could be a terrible human being. Sure. For all I know, they could be a wonderful human being. Sure. The point is, is that when you're dealing with large societies like the United States, where there's just many, many people, you have to have some sort of policies in yeah. general. Like you're trying, like like China. What? Did, how did China? Hats off. How did they elevate so many people out of poverty through communism? No, through heartless capitalism and the pursuit of wealth. They were able to take. Well, it's um, also, a, 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 it was very planned, right? So it's it's kind of a socialist, communist, top down. And what they have, what they have, no, what they no. And, I'm not, and by the way, I'm not a communist or anything. No, I know, I'm, not, I'm sure you're not. But what I'm saying is, no, the, what China has, what's so effective, is pure, unbridled capitalism with no freedom of speech and no civil rights. Yeah, so you can just make money. It's just literally you can pollute the environment. You can break any cop. It's just with money, money. That's how they did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's how they elevated so many people. And if they, have, if they need to, oh, they need power, they want to build them. That million people, get out. The military's coming in and clearing you out. I'm going to relocate you here. 20 years of lawsuits. Mm-hmm. So it's a very efficient system to elevate people out of poverty. But there's still homeless people in China. There's still haves. There's always going to be haves and have-nots. There's going to be people that make a lot of money, the Jack Ma's. There's going to be people who are peasants, right? As you're saying, I mean, you know, what you said, you can't argue what you said that says, yeah, everyone is where they are because of what? Well, their nature, their yeah. nurture, and their yeah, exactly. circumstances. So, yeah, every is, you know. so, okay, fair enough. The question is, what types of policies are going to wholesale lift the most people yeah. out of poverty without unnecessarily burdening people who work hard and doing well? You know, how do you make, you know, what's that balance, right? Yeah. And I think the United States has done a really, really great job. If you go back, I think that they've done an amazing job. And I th- think people that hate this country and that, you know, the social justice, well, I hate that stuff because I get so, oh, yeah. I just think it's terrible and it's misplaced. And, and I think that, you know, you, you can't give people things for free because they don't value them. That doesn't mean I'm a heartless bastard. It means that you need to work for what you get. So I always believed in like workfare versus welfare and things like that. And I, I think most common sense people believe that to be true. So, you know. Yeah, the, well, the policy, all, all I would say with the policy is, if we start from the same assumptions and we all want the best thing for the country, policy conversation will be easy. And so in the same way that I would say not to judge the people at Stratton because the drug use, the infidelity, it could not be mm. avoided. I would say you also, even if the homeless person is lazy, you cannot begrudge them that because it was a product of whatever happened and where you had unconditional love, potentially they had abuse, homelessness at age seven, whatever it might be. So it's like, okay, well, let's make a policy where we don't... But it's, right, but it's not my responsibility, though, to, to why I have to... Okay, so fair I would, enough. I would, I would actually disagree with that. And okay. so, so, and I'm not saying that it's your responsibility. Sure. I feel that it, I feel, and not to every person in the world, um, when I look at this, I, I, I don't believe in free will. And it's for a lot of the reasons that we're talking about. And it goes beyond that. But I believe that, you know, the thoughts in my head are occurring and then I am responding to them. I'm kind of on a roller coaster that I have eyes on, but it's, it's on a track is my mm-hmm. personal view. So when I, if I assume that that's true of everybody else and I go, wow, I just got dealt an amazing hand, uh, but it could have gone the other way, mm-hmm. right? Just, just as easily. It's not that I have a responsibility. It's that I have crap. You know, it would, if it's just a roll of the dice that put me in such a wonderful situation, I would like to take some of my excess resources, of which I have a ton, and would not lose much sleep or happiness if I gave up, son, 
if it's effective policy-wise yeah. to distribute. Now, what I, I agree I with you marry is, the wait, so I, so there's trash I policy with, out there. I agree with you, though. Yeah, that, like, every, I don't agree, with, I don't agree that, with your thesis on free will, but that's a separate mm-hmm. issue. That's your own opinion. So you're entitled to your opinion. What I'm saying is, though, is that, of course you're entitled. You can give away all your money, mm-hmm. your choice. Yes. What I don't want is some agency taxing me against my will to apply my money to things that I don't believe will enrich other people's lives. Well, I believe, the I, I believe... Well, keep going. There's there's two statements there. So one is, I shouldn't be taxed, and two is four things that I think are ineffective. So I'd separate them, and I would say let's assume that it would be effective. So I'm not saying it's socialism or capitalism, but your argument against welfare is that it doesn't work. So I'm saying assume there's a program that would work, but it requires resources. It's an impossible assumption. It's an impo- you just mentioned, you just asked things impossible. To well, maybe do. the resources don't go directly to them. Maybe, maybe it no. goes to education. The bureaucracy or- eats up all the, every time the most inefficient things are government run a, go to motor vehicles and see what happens. Go to the post. The reason that public, government enterprises, what happens is in theory, yeah, great. Let's take money, put it in social security. The amount of money it costs to administer the actual program is so great. There's so much inefficiency and such bureaucracy that, yeah, if you could perfectly transfer money to the people who needed it and it actually got to them and the programs work, yeah, that would be great in theory. It never works. doesn't happen. What about, so what about the see- police? What about the firemen? What about the roads? What about the, them? Th- that's a government program where they tax us and I have an interstate to drive on. I don't have to pay. Okay. The police come to my house. If there's a fire that burns down your neighbors, they'll come right. take care of it. So, so there's... I presume some areas where you'd be comfortable with government taxing and spending. So this is now we're getting to this is okay. So what happens is when you're on the local, what we what we, what I, my belief is that yes, on the local level, on a state level, every time you start moving up from local to state to federal, right? The inefficiencies grow because Absolutely. the bureaucracies get bigger. Sure. That's why we're a Republic, but not a democracy. Many of the rights in the Constitution are reserved to the states. So when I get taxed in a state, I choose to live in California right now. Mm-hmm. If the majority of Californians vote for certain taxes, I, I pay my taxes. I might not agree with it, but I am willing to go with the majority of people within my state to pay taxes. But that doesn't mean I would vote for it myself. I'll, I agree as a social compact to go with the majority. My personal belief is, is that, yes, on the low cost, there's certain institutions, local firings, but there's a lot of graft and waste that go into that as well, which is why a lot of towns are incorporated towns. They run for a profit. They have budget. Mm-hmm. See, the difference is in the federal government can print. No one else could do what the federal government can do, and so, especially so, the U.S. So, but government. You, you, it sounds like you um, – libertarian is not like – as little government as possible. There is some, it sounds like state things course, that they provide public obviously. Okay, no, I'm just, I'm just I'm not, I think, I think any, any position in an extreme is kind of stupid, right? So in other words, I would never, I'm pure libertarian, right? Well, things are so much more complex, so right? Like I schools, believe in less government, yeah. not no government. Mm-hmm. I believe in less social programs, not no social programs. Mm-hmm. I believe safety nets are important. So we, a- I think we agree, which is that if there were a program that was effective to help people like get education like a public school education we'd be for that i would extend that if there was a program mm-hmm. to, that would help with homelessness that would help get people off of drugs mm. now it would just be we could put it in fantasy land like so, that's the problem like, it doesn't well, exist public that's schools, yeah. i don't know a thousand years ago that was fantasy land an interstate highway was fantasy land that that the the darpa would invent the internet was fantasy land so i, I what i see is as humans march forward we it more coordination is required, and unfortunately, bureaucracy occurs both in corporations and in governments. And, and that there's waste when you have that inefficient level of bureaucracy. But 
the fact that something seems and hasn't been done, just like a public school, just like all those other things, I don't think excludes it from being a possibility today or in the future. I just, I mean, I disagree. I think that you could, of course, anything is possible, but I think that those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it and make the same mistakes. And if you go back in history, you look at certain things that are happening anytime. Let's go look at what really happens when you try socialist programs. Let's go yeah, to yeah. Venezuela. Let's go to. Any- we have socialist programs. This is what I'm saying. No, I, we th- don't. We, we're not socialist. We have programs that we have social yeah. programs. We're not a socialist country. Okay. So I, socialism I is designed. The program social was designed. It's about not based on the profit mode, not based on ingenuity, not based on the work. Everyone should. That's talking about social program, not socialism. Sure, sure. I'm not for. Well, I don't know what the distinction is if we have a government that has social programs, but a social be a- program is just a, a program within a capitalist society where yeah. some couldn't we have that for homelessness in the same way that we have it for school? If it were, how do you well? know that people want to live in homes? I don't know. I'd have to add. We'd well, have to maybe find the, out. If you, by the way, assumption. Maybe the program wouldn't be to give them a home. What would the program be? To get them off Make drugs. their lives better. Yeah, yeah. Provide them with food or rehab centers or whatever it would be. This is, but yeah, you guys, I just want you guys to understand that the, the level of insanity and this, listen, I've been around the block for a long time, okay? You can't help people who don't want to be helped. We have there are mandatory pro- there schools. Are programs, if you don't there, go to listen, school, if you don't go to elementary school, you're a truant. Yeah, because you're under the age of consent. There's also a constant, people have rights. They're 18 years there's old. Underage homeless they have, there's underage homeless okay. people. Well, Would that's you be the, for a program about, for underage homeless people because you're under the age of consent? In, in, theoretically, if you wanted to go track down, so how are you going to track down all these kids who don't want to be found? They do it with public schools. <laughs> Not well. Everyone, <laughs> well so, sorry. so everyone they track down, how many I go actually un- think we agree. Anyone that tracks down, how many can be untracked? It the sounds point, like everything. The point I'm making you're is open that, to social programs is what I'm hearing. Well, of course, but, but point, the point I'm run. making is, is that okay. the point I'm making is that Social programs, as they grow larger and they go to the federal level, they get mismanaged more and more deeply. I and agree. I and agree. what happens is what, the reason they're not as poorly managed on local levels is because local governments have to have budgets. Mm-hmm. The government does it. They just print more money and sure. print more money. And one day, who's going to pay the 18 trillion, 20 trillion, whatever it is now, a trillion dollars? There's hell to pay. We keep kicking the can down the road. So you can't do all this stuff in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. If, of course, and I, if, if I thought there was a way that you could eliminate homelessness and get everyone off, great. So, but- and you would contribute financially to it. Of course, if I thought cool. it would okay. work. We're on the same of page. Course. Yeah. We're on the same but page. I, but I've, I've, I've been on this earth now for 58 years, and everything I've seen around the world and here, it just shows that as things start to go up into the government, they're just so horrifically mismanaged sure. that it just makes any, the best of intentions end up getting corrupted by the people and the institutions that end up, are supposed to administer the program. That's my So I think, I think we can probably agree this would you be open to a local program say like the santa monica city absolutely got it okay so what you're against is not necessarily the the socialness of the programs but the elevated level of like this federal government who can print money essentially dictating how things are going to work for 350 and also people. the lack of transparency these big mm-hmm. companies on local on the local level there's more accountability mm-hmm. i mean you 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 can't all the graft that happened mean, there's so much graft in the got government it, and all this stuff it's just terrible and i think it's really sad because if you actually could like you know what i love is listen you know what my, my eyes were open when i was asked to uh train a company 
to the salesman that had to raise money for charity. And as I examined the whole thing, I realized that the whole thing was they were raising money to charity and 95% of the money went to the owners of the company and 5% went to the charity, if that. You know how many charities out there are literally just organized to separate people from their money and sure. the money does not go to yeah, the yeah. play 90% of the time. I don't want to get probably even more than that. But the point is, of course, when all those pure organizations where all the money goes towards, that's such great stuff. And I give to charity. I'm a very generous person. I have a big problem with these, you know, federal programs that end up just getting so Got screwed it. up. Um, sure. And I believe that the, that the Constitution was written the way it was written and reserved a lot of these rights for the states. I think it's handled much better on a, a local and state level. I'm into Got that. It. I agree yeah. 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm for local initiatives as I've, well. I have so many more questions, but do we have a hard stop in two minutes? Yeah, Jordan has to get on the call. Okay. okay. I have one question that sure. I have to ask. <laughs> What is the deal with you and Grant Cardone? <laughs> we watched the interview. Well, I watched the oh, interview. Wait, wait, I saw the back and forth. He's just a moron. I mean, he's kind of a he's just an idiot, the guy. I mean, right? He's just a moron. I mean, you can look at that. He's a moron. Like, I don't know. Like, we're having a really intelligent conversation here. We both are in the field of persuasion. We're talking about politics. We agree on some stuff. We don't agree on some stuff. But we always say intelligent things to each other. Yeah. I can respect what you say and not agree with it and still argue back and forth. He was saying things that were like, unintelligible. I mean, to this, he's created the greatest memes for me. Like, oh my, whatever this, they'll say, got some fish on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, at one point you said something about no interest and I had to bite no my interest. tongue. Oh, I, I, did I, you, I, you know, I didn't want to get into anything. Right. Did but, you get into, did you, could you sense it beforehand? Because I, when I saw the conversation, it did seem yeah, like it started, gorillas it seemed contentious. to each other. So was, was, that, was that just on camera? Was but here's he, the thing. I had no, it was a one, if you noticed it, it was a one-sided Fight! Like mm-hmm. I did not. I wasn't coming there to be an asshole. Like, he came to my to my house, and I was hoping to have a really great, interesting podcast. Sure. And I was like, "What is wrong with this yeah. guy?" I'm I was like, just curious if he did. You, did that get red flags come up ahead of time? And did you just sat down and, you're, and walked, halfway through, you're like, "What's happening?" In, he walked in my house. All right. Um, he was on the phone. Yeah, I want eighty three million dollars for that. I'm like, <laughs> and my whole staff is like, "What is wrong with this?" He was just obviously acting like a, a big shot and an idiot for yeah. no reason, right? You think, that just shows insecurity, right? And then when he sits down and it started very quickly, I asked him the first question. It's like I was like, "I can't even hold the comp. Like, there's no thread. Yeah. Like if I say the black, so I say the most obvious thing about interest in a city. What do you do? No, there is no one. He's like, you know, he was just looking, whatever. If I said the sky's blue, he'd say, no, it's yeah, green. Yeah. So, you know, and I think many people who have interviewed him know him and say, yeah, the guy's just an idiot. So what I realized is that Grant Cardone, I said to him, he's so, he's so stupid. I'm like, you know, you're one hell of a marketer. He goes like, thanks, a backhanded compliment. Like, you know nothing about sales and persuasion, right? But it just goes to show you the power of internet marketing and branding yeah. and how Unfortunately, gullible and naive people can be, and now he's in trouble. Now he's got lawsuits against him. He's got class action suits. What a shock that was! I called that one before it ever happened, and he'll probably end up in jail. I'm sure he'll end up in jail, and uh, and uh, I don't wish him poorly, but um, you know, he did me a favor, the guy, because it was hysterical. I mean, yeah, yeah. I could, and, and when I was done with him, I was like, my 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 staff was like. You were too nice to him. I'm like, no, no, relax. Yeah. Someone comes into your home, you don't attack the guy back. And it yeah, played yeah. really well because, you know, you could just see the guys is like. No, I did research for this conversation yeah. and that was the only conversation I saw that got picked up over and over by He's, Graham Stephan and different people yeah. who are reacting to it. So it definitely worked out. For me, it did. Yeah, not for him so well. But anyway. Is that cage fight coming? Yeah. Dude, in my age, <laughs> you know. My I, I think when you asked me that question, I just had my shoulder. Yeah. Like replaced. No, it's hilarious. No, like a ball. I had a metal ball. And so I'm like. 
What the fuck is this guy talking about? Like, he's 62, you know, like, you know, the guy will fucking probably have a heart attack in the ring. I just had a brand new artificial back shoulder and knee. Yeah, let's go in the ring, you let's moron. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah? No, I Thank it. you so much, You got it, guys. This is a pleasure. My pleasure. All right, take care. Take care, guys. All right. Thank you, team. All right. You guys are great. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.